0: The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is, is the part of this scripture that I'd like to first start breaking down. And to understand it, um, I'm an analytical person, which is probably why I'm a, a cost accountant. <laughs> it's something that, uh, that I've just been and done my whole life. I've always broken things down and looked at the nitty-gritty Unfortunately, sometimes that uh, breaking down nitty-gritty can lead to frustrations. <laughs> you, know, you can ask my wife, <laughs> like, I just told you. Well, I'm sorry, I'm I'm dumb. <laughs> but anyways, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. So let's break down the word of effectual. Um, according to Google, the... Word effectual was very heavily used back in the 1800s. And then as time goes by, it's almost like a perfect decline inverted bell curve. It drops down to almost zero in modern day. And so to to me that says, if you aren't preaching it or you aren't reading it out of the Bible, you aren't using it. So to give us better understanding of the word effectual... Webster Dictionary says that it is producing an effect, or the effect desired, or intended, having adequate power or force to produce a desired effect. But I also saw in the English, as in the British Dictionary, English-British Dictionary, they noted that it also carries legal power, legal force to get something accomplished. And then fervent, the next word is fervent. We, we know this word. It's, it's to have or display passionate intensity. If I'm passionate about something, I'm going to fervently pursue it. I'm fervently pursuing getting that trophy buck hanging on the wall. Come on. All right. So you break down those two words. You say, okay, I understand what effectual is. I understand what fervent is. But this prayer, as we look look up above that section, it's it's giving direction to are you afflicted, are you merry, or are you sick? So I, the next place that I went in this, this study is how does God bless us? How does God um, answer prayer, right? And so in the Bible, I broke it up kind of into three different ways that I saw either God answering prayer, God blessing someone, or God providing in some form or manner. The first way is the ask. People ask God and say, you know, Lord, I have this need or I have this desire. Will you bless it? Will you provide for it? So um, the first um, Area that I'll look at is going to be the First King 17.1. This here is when Elijah is standing before King Ahab, which is mentioned uh, in verse seventeen and eighteen of our opening scripture. And Elijah straight up tells King Ahab here. He, he says, um, he says here, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So God has given Elijah power and the ability to say, there ain't going to be rain until I say there's going to be rain again because God has given me this ability, this authority. And then in 1 Kings 18, uh, 41 through 44, we see that Elijah prays. Um, I won't go through it. Well, let's go ahead and read it. It says, Elijah said, you got uh first Kings eighteen forty one. There we go. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And Ahab went and eat Did I give you the wrong? I think I gave you the wrong verse, bro. Essentially, right there in chapter 18, Elijah prays to God for there to be rain. And he sends his servant seven times up to go look for a sign that there is rain so this isn't an immediate situation he doesn't just speak rain back into existence but he has to fervently pray and because he is the anointed man of God the prophet of God he is also effectual and he is a righteous man of God the next uh, story I look at is um or I guess this isn't a story, the next scripture verse I'd like to look at is Matthew 7, 7 through 8. And this is where, in the Bible, I'm going to actually turn it and read it from my Bible. So Matthew 7, 7 through 8. It says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So here we see Jesus Jesus speaking, but we see that if we ask, if we knock, if we seek, it shall be given unto us. It will be opened unto us. Uh, We will find it. The next one is Luke 7, and I won't. I won't read this one. I'll paraphrase this one because it's an in-depth story. But essentially, this is the story of the Roman centurion that had the sick servant. The servant fell gravely ill, and he, he sent for Jesus. And then as Jesus approaches home, he sends out again saying, stop, for I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But as... I know that I have power with my servants. I can say to this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes, and this one, do, and he does it. He said, I know that you have the authority and the power to just speak my servant healed. And Jesus marvels at this and says, I've not found such faith in all of Jerusalem. And we know that in the story, Jesus answers the centurion's prayer and he does speak the word and the the um, servant is healed the second um, way that god provides or or heals or or blesses us i found is just just doing it out of love not necessarily that we've asked for anything but because we are his children that he loves us that he dodes on us so to speak I would like to look at uh, Matthew seven eleven, which is just a few scriptures down from where we just read. It says, if the, ye then are being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father, or your Father which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? Now, I am a dad, I am a father, and I can tell you that there are times that I just it pleases me to give things to either my wife or my kids, just to to love on them. No reason. They haven't asked me for anything. But I give it to them. <clears throat> and um, the next section inside of that is not to beg God for anything. And I'd like to kind of tell you, uh, my story. This isn't scripture. This is this is me. So uh, as most of you probably know, I was born and raised in the Apostolic Pentecostal Church. I grew up knowing who Jesus is. I knew grew up knowing what uh, Jesus' name baptism is, what Holy Ghost infillment is. And I knew as a l- young little boy that I wanted To have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And I knew that I wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I wanted to have that experience. So, countless times over the years, I would go and I would seek after Jesus. I would seek after the Holy Ghost. And I would come up to the front. I was living, grew up in South Side of Chicago, in Chicago Heights. And they had a high high platform area where you could come up and kneel or... I would kneel at the pew, or sometimes I would stand, but I would repent and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, wash me, clean me, purify my heart, and then I would go into begging. I would go into, Jesus, I want the Holy Ghost. Lord, you know how bad I want the Holy Ghost. Oh, please fill me with the Holy Ghost, and I was very fervent. I was very fervent. I was very sincere. But my prayers were not effectual because I was begging. I wasn't I wasn't seeking after the Holy Ghost in God's manner. I was seeking God after the Holy Ghost after a begging way. And then one night um an evangelist named uh, Eli Hernandez. Now, some of you may know him. He came and I can honestly say I don't remember what he preached on that night. It was, I believe it was a Friday night revival service. But I can clearly remember him as he walked up the middle aisle. And he said, if you're here tonight and you want the Holy Ghost, you can have it tonight. And, I, well, my little analytical ears perked up because I'm like, all right, I've been analyzing this for some time. I want this. And he said, first of all, you repent. Okay, got that down. He said, and then the next thing, don't beg God for it. You don't have to beg Jesus for the Holy Ghost. Just begin to purely worship him, adore him, love him for who he is, and you'll receive it. You'll begin speaking in tongues. Man, it was like a light bulb clicked. I was like, man, that's easy. I can do that. And so I was sitting down. It wasn't altar call or anything. I just raised my hands. I would repented. And I just started, Jesus, I love you. I'll worship you. And the Holy Ghost filled me. The Holy Ghost moved on me. And my mom said, she's intently sitting there listening to Brother Hernandez. And she turns and she says, little Nathaniel's sitting there with his hands raised speaking in tongues. But the point is, is that sometimes we don't necessarily have to ask God for anything. I didn't ask him in that moment for the Holy Ghost. I just loved him for being my father. And he gave me the desires of my heart. Mm, Jesus, I praise your holy name. Ah, all right. The next one is speaking the in the authority that God has given us, and this here is I want the the point that I want to really hit hard this morning because as Christians. It doesn't take very much time for us to understand asking God for something, nor does it take us very much time to understand that God gives us things just for loving him, just for appreciating him for who he is. But I believe that oftentimes we miss this part, and that is the power of the Holy Ghost that we have in us. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus is talking to his followers. And he says, tells them, he says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, but go into Jerusalem and tarry there, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And we know that In Acts 2, we see the fulfillment of this. We see that the group, about 120 people, they say was gathered in the upper room, and they are all filled with the Holy Ghost. As the sound of a rushing mighty wind comes in, and tongues as of cloven fire sit above each of them, the Holy Ghost comes in, they begin to speak in other tongues as that power from on high fills them. The next scripture verse I want to look at is John 14, 12 through 15. And says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he also do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whosoever ye, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. I went ahead and and read the 15th verse, because it's a key point that if we want, we don't lose the Holy Ghost when we sin, but it does have an effect on our standing with God. We want to live consecrated and repented before him. So here we see Jesus again talking, and we know that they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is already ascended by by that time, but here, this is before Jesus ascending. He, he's telling them that with this power that is going to be endued on you, you're going to do the same as I have done, and greater things will you do through the, my power. But if you love me, obey my commandments. Amen. So I'm going to look at Three examples, I don't, there are many, many examples in the Bible that we could look at um, to give this point, but I'm just going to look at um, three of them here quickly. First one I'm going to look at is Mark 4, uh, 37 through 41. All righty. And says, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. And we've we've heard this story a number of times here lately, but uh, the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. He being Jesus, and when they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest not that thou that we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Here we see... Jesus, he doesn't ask, he doesn't beg, he speaks into the situation. He has authority, he has the power, a legal force, if you will, to speak into the situation and say, peace, be still. Then he questions the disciples, man, how come you guys don't have enough faith to, to do this? And I believe this is a learning experience for the disciples that Jesus is trying to teach them to say, "Hey, you're following me. You are going to have this same power. You're 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 in covenant with me." The next uh, story will be John eleven forty one through forty four. It says, um, <clears throat> "I'll wait. Okay. It says uh, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid." And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. Again, Jesus spoke into the situation. He didn't ask. He didn't beg. He didn't anything other than he just with authority spoke it and said, Lazarus, come forth. The final uh one I'd like to look at is Acts three one through eight. This one here, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the time to to read the whole story, um, but if you want to read it after service, you're welcome to. Is this is when Peter and John are walking through, um, walking to the temple for prayer. It was the hour of prayer, and the Bible says that as as they approached the gate beautiful. They saw a man that commonly sat there begging and seeking alms, and Peter looked on him, and he demanded, he he spoke to the man. He said, look on to us, and so the beggar looked on to Peter and John and with expectation. Um, I'm not going to get into it right now, but there are sermons that have been preached, and you can do studies that for miracles to happen, there is also an expectation that needs to be present. But the man looked unto them with expectation, expecting to receive something from them. He didn't know what. And Peter says unto him, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he reaches down takes the man by the hand, and leaping up, the man gains strength in his ankle bones, and he gets up and goes walking, leaping, and praising God as he enters the temple with Peter and John. Now, previously, this man could not have done any of that. He was able to go to the gate, and that was it. So what God gave this man... Through using Peter and John in this moment wasn't just the strength of his legs to walk, but also he gave him access into a kingdom that he had not been able to get. But the point here, we see Peter, again, Peter speaks into the situation. So this isn't Jesus, this is Peter. This is a man just like you and I. He looks into the situation, he says, hey, let's make contact here. I don't have gold, I don't have silver, but what I do have is the power of the Lord on my side. Rise up and walk. And he spoke into that man's situation and brought healing. Not, Peter didn't do it by himself. It was through God. Without God, Peter could not do it. But because of the power that was endued in him, because he was living a consecrated life, he was able to speak into this man's situation. So finally we hit the the righteous man part. Pastor did an awesome job speaking on um living right and holy uh last Sunday, I believe it was last Sunday's Bible study. But um when we ask ourselves, you know, on on living righteously or how do I qualify to be a righteous man? Because it, Isaiah wrote that you know, our righteousness is a filthy rag, so no matter how good I am, no matter what I do, I cannot obtain righteousness on my own. And then um Second Corinthians five, twenty through twenty one, you have that one, bro? It says, Know ye then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled unto God, for he hath made him to be sin for us. So that him, Jesus, Jesus took on our sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So through Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice on Golgotha, we are able to gain the righteousness of God, not through our own power. But through the sacrifice of Jesus. And wrapping up here, I want us to get this here. I, I'm, I'm closing, but I want the point I want us to get from this Bible study this morning is that if we are baptized in Jesus' name, we're blood bought, we're Holy Ghost filled, living in consecration with God and submission unto Him. We have the power of attorney. You know what the power of attorney is? The power of attorney is, say, I'm not able to be there, but my wife is. Everything that is Nathaniel Schmelzer, Mabel can sign for me. She can declare it for me as if I was the one standing there saying it, doing it. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, we have the name. Of the Lord applied. When we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are born again into the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. You know what that means? That means that we have power of attorney to use His name. We can speak into any situation, we can speak to any storm, any mountain. We can say, Peace, be still. We can say, Mountain, be moved. We can say, Illness be gone. We can say financial blessing, come in. We can speak whatever God has for us into existence. I want to point out also that as we seek after a consecration with God, in Matthew six thirty three, it's a common verse that we probably know is where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When you seek, oftentimes I've heard this preach saying, if you seek God and his righteousness, then the things that you're wanting, the things that you're desiring will be added unto you. I, I like to read this a little bit differently. It says, if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the kingdom of God and his righteousness will be added unto you. Not things of this world, but things of heavenly nature. Mm. And then Psalms 37.4, is David writing? It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. Again, yes, God cares about our feelings and our wants in this world, this flesh. But as we seek after him... He will take the desires that I want, the Nathaniel smells of the flesh that I want. And he'll say, "Look, you're in covenant with me now. You're my son. This is the direction I'm going. And the desires that I had will be turned and changed to be to the desires of my heavenly Father. And when we're on the same wavelength, Any one of us, when we're on the same wavelength with God, we're Holy Ghost-filled, baptized in consecration with God, living right with Him. On the same wavelength with Him, we will be able to have the power to speak into any situation. And our desires will be of God. Our desires will be the same as God. So when we are speaking and declaring things into the existence, Declaring that that storm be ceased, that that blessing be had, that we will see signs, miracles, and wonders because it has the legal power, it has the legal authority of our Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. So let us not be as the eldest brother in the prodigal story. You know, the, the youngest brother messed up, he did wrong by squandering his father's inheritance. But he repented and came back, and we we know that he was clothed with the best robe. He had a ring put on his finger, which in those days signified power of attorney through the father, right? He had the father's ring put on his finger. means he, once again, had the power to say, this is so in the father's name. And then he k- killed the fatted calf for the youngest son, but the eldest son griped and complained, and what the father said to him is so powerful. He said, I'm rejoicing that my son has returned to me. You have been in consecration with me this whole time. You have been living here, working for me this whole time, and all that I have is yours, but the oldest brother didn't use it. Let's make sure that we are using what God has given us to the fullest extent.